Chapter Eleven of the Laughing Cavalier, Ancestor of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Laughing Cavalier, Ancestor of the Scarlet Pimpernel, by Baroness Ortsey. Chapter Eleven: The Bargain. There had been silence in the great bare workroom for some time silence only broken by beristein's restless pacing up and down the wooden floor diogenes had resumed his seat his shrewd glance following every movement of the other man every varied expression of his face at last nicholas came to a halt opposite to him am i to understand then sir he asked looking diogenes straight between the eyes and affecting not to note the mocking twinkle within them that you accept my proposition and that you are prepared to do me service absolutely sir replied the other then shall we proceed with the details an it please you you will agree to do me service for the sum of four thousand guilders in gold of course for this sum you will convey jongejuffrouw beristein out of harlem conduct her with a suitable escort and in perfect safety to rotterdam and there deliver her into the hands of mynheer ben isage the banker who does a vast amount of business for me and is entirely and most discreetly devoted to my interests his place of business is situated on the scheidamsche strait and is a house well known to every one in rotterdam seeing that mynheer ben eichsage is the richest money-lending jew in the city that is all fairly simple sir assented diogenes you will of course tender me your oath of secrecy my word of honour sir if i break that i would be as likely to break an oath very well said beristein after a moment's hesitation during which he tried vainly to scrutinize a face which he had already learned was quite inscrutable shall we arrange the mode of payment then if you please how to obtain possession of the person of the jongejuffrouw is not my business to tell you let me but inform you that to-day being new year's day she will surely go to evensong at the cathedral and that her way from our home thither will lead her along the bank of the ode grock between the gilstrat where our houses situate and the houtstrait which debouches on the group market you know the bank of the ode grock better than i do sir so i need not tell you that it is lonely especially at the hour when evensong at the cathedral is over the jongejuffrouw is always escorted in her walks by an elderly duenna whom you will of course take to rotterdam so that she may attend on my sister on the way and by two serving-men whose combined courage is not of course equal to your own this point therefore i must leave you to arrange in accordance with your desire i thank you sir in the same way it rests with you what arrangements you make for the journey itself the providing of a suitable carriage and of an adequate escort i leave entirely in your hands again i thank you i am only concerned with the matter itself and with the payment which i make to you for your services as for your route you will leave harlem by the holy cross gate and proceed straight to bennebrock a matter of a league or so there i will meet you at the halfway house which stands at the crossroads where a signpost points the way to leyden the innkeeper there is a friend of mine whose natural discretion has been well nurtured by frequent gifts from me he hath named prof and will see to the comfort of my sister and her duenna while you and i settle the first instalment of our business quite unbeknown to her 
there sir having assured myself that my sister is safe and in your hands i will give over to you the sum of one thousand guilders together with a letter writ by me to the banker ben isage of rotterdam he knows john jeffrey beresteyn well by sight and in my letter i will ask him firstly to ascertain from herself if she is well and safe and secondly to see that she is at once conveyed still under your escort to his private residence which is situate some little distance out of the city between Scheidem and Overshee on the way to delft and lastly to hand over to you the balance of three thousand guilders still due then by me to you he paused a moment to draw breath after the lengthy peroration then as diogenes made no comment he said somewhat impatiently i hope sir that all these arrangements meet with your approval they fill me with profound respect for you sir and admiration for your administrative capacities replied diogenes with studied politeness indeed i do flatter myself quoth the other not without reason sir the marvellous way in which you have provided for the safety of three-fourths of your money and hardly at all for that of your sister fills me with envy which i cannot control insolent no no my good sir interposed diogenes blandly we have already agreed that we are not going to quarrel you and i we have too great a need for one another for that three thousand guilders which after deductions will be my profit in this matter means a fortune to a penniless adventurer and you are shrewd enough to have gauged that in fact else you had not come to me with such a proposal i will do your service sir for the three thousand guilders which will enable me to live a life of independence in the future and also for another reason which i would not care to put into words and which you sir would fail to understand so let us say no more about all these matters i agree to your proposals and you accept my services to-night at ten o'clock i will meet you at the halfway house which stands in the hamlet of bennebrock at the cross-roads where a signpost points the way to leyden to-night that's brave exclaimed beresteyn you read my thoughts sir even before i could tell you that delay in this affair would render it useless to-night then sir said diogenes in conclusion i pray you have no fear of failure the jongejuffrouw will sleep at leyden or somewhere near there this night the city is distant but half a dozen leagues and we can reach it easily by midnight from thence in the morning we can continue our journey and should be in sight of rotterdam twenty-four hours later for the rest as you say the manner of our journey doth not concern you if the frost continues and we can travel by sledge all the way we could reach rotterdam in two days in any event even if a thaw were to set in we should not be more than three days on the way he rose from his chair and stood now facing beresteyn his tall figure stretched to its full height seemed to tower above the other man though the latter was certainly not short but diogenes looked massive a young lion sniffing the scent of the desert the mocking glance the curve of gentle irony were still there in eyes and mouth but the nostrils quivered with excitement with a spirit of adventure which never slept so soundly but that it awakened at a word and now sir he said there are two matters both of equal importance which we must settle ere i can get to work what may these be sir firstly the question of money i have not the wherewithal to make preparations i shall have to engage a sleigh for to-night horses an escort as far as leyden i shall have to make payments for promises of secrecy that is just sir would two thousand guilders meet this difficulty 
five hundred would be safer said diogenes airily and you may deduct that sum from your first payment at bennebrock Perestein did not choose to notice the impertinent tone which rang through the other man's speech without wasting further words he took a purse from his wallet and sitting down on one corner of the model's platform he emptied the contents of the purse upon it he counted out five hundred guilders partly in silver and partly in gold these he replaced in the purse and then handed it over to diogenes the latter had not moved from his position during this time standing as he did at some little distance so that beresteyn had to get up in order to hand him the money diogenes acknowledged its receipt with a courteous bow and what is the other matter sir asked nicholas after he had placed the rest of his money back in his wallet what is the other matter which we have failed to settle the jongejuffrouw sir i am a comparative stranger in harlem i do not know the illustrious lady by sight true i had not thought of that but this omission can very easily be remedied if you sir will kindly call our friend halls he has and i mistake not more than one sketch of my sister in his studio and a half-finished portrait of her as well then i pray you sir rejoined diogenes airily do you go and acquaint our mutual friend of your desire to show me the half-finished portrait of the jongejuffrouw for i must now exchange this gorgeous doublet of a prosperous cavalier for one more suited to this day's purpose and he immediately proceeded to undress without paying the slightest heed to beresteyn's look of offended dignity it was no use being angry with this independent knave nicholas beresteyn had found that out by now therefore he thought it best to appear indifferent to this new display of impudence and himself to go and seek out franz halls as if this had been his own intention all along inwardly fuming but without uttering another word he turned on his heel and went out of the room slamming the door to behind him end of chapter eleven recording by dion gines salt lake city utah